You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. We are in our year-end offering campaign, and, and thanks to everyone's generosity, uh, we are over the $15,000 mark, which is, praise God, amen? So we're getting closer, closer to the goal, and I want to continue our series titled Generous uh, in a message that, that I've titled Invest in the Staff. Invest in the staff. You know, one of the images that we see in the Bible is we see God in, illustrated to us as a shepherd. In fact, the, the, the great shepherd, uh, uh, King David, he wrote, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And... Um, and then in the New Testament, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. And in the church, we, we see Jesus has appointed under shepherds, pastors and elders who lead the church by submitting our own agenda to God's agenda. And we submit ourselves to God's word. Every elder in here, we come and we meet as we lead the church. And we submit ourselves to his word and to his purpose and to his plan. In fact, Peter wrote to elders. He said, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. And so as we think about how important it is for us to have a shepherd, I want us to think, what is a great tool for a shepherd to have? A staff. And I want us to go in the Bible to Moses and see how his life was changed and how his staff was changed for the glory of God. God chose Moses to take people out of slavery and out of bondage. In fact, God said, I hear the cries of my people who are in oppression. And I have come down to take them out of this bondage. And so the scenario here is that Moses is talking to God, and Moses had all kinds of flaws. He he wasn't a good communicator. He didn't speak well in his own mentality or in his own uh, evaluation of himself. He had uh, murdered someone because he took things into his own hand, and he fleed from Egypt himself and was in the wilderness, and that's how he became a shepherd. He shepherded his uh, father-in-law's flock, Jethro. And so God finds them in this place of shepherding. And God calls him to shepherd his flock, which is the people that were in Egypt, the Israelites. And so I want us to go to uh, Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to pick up 
in verse 1, where Moses begins to reply to God, and then we'll see what happens from there. We're going to read five verses from the, from the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person here, and more importantly, we thank you that you're here. We always say that, Lord, because we know that where your people gather, that you're in our midst. So we pray your blessing upon every word spoken. We pray your blessing on every ear listening, every heart receiving, and ultimately that you will be glorified with everything that's done here. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. So here's what's going on, okay? Moses answered and said, okay, verse 1, What if they don't believe me or listen to me? Uh, or listen to what I say, for they, they may say, the Lord, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, being Moses, what is that in your hand? And he said, would you say, read this with me? A staff. A staff. Then he said, he being God, said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And I had never seen this before. The next part, it says, and Moses fled from it. What's that in your hand, Moses? A staff. Throw it to the ground. Becomes a snake. And Moses goes, equila, nada. <laughs> right? <laughs> what would we have done, right? But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it. Now, I want you to put yourself in Moses' sandals right now. Well, you can't put him in there because he took him off because he was on holy ground. But Moses goes, he says, I want you to grasp it. Moses probably said, Lord, um, maybe you should grasp it. So he grabbed it by the tail. Pretty smart move. He grabbed it by the tail and it became... Let me see, stretch out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe, and I love this, that they may believe, verse 5, that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. One of the purposes that we have in our um, year-end offering is investing into a staff. And what I want to talk about today is how, it, how important it is for us to invest into a, a staff that is in God's hands. A staff that is in God's hands. The first reason that I think it's very important that we, that we look into our hearts and our, and our, and our minds and our finances to invest into it is because a staff in God's hand helps us to overcome doubt. Moses said, what if? Think about it. What's the first thing we say when we doubt? What, what if? What if it snows tomorrow, Lord? What if... The mountain falls down tomorrow, Lord. What if? What if my foot doesn't work tomorrow? What if? What if? What if? God knew Moses. 
God knew everything about Moses. God knew when Moses was placed in the Nile River as a baby. And he was taken into the home of Pharaoh from Pharaoh's daughter. God knew everything about him. He knew that Moses would get mad and he would take things into his own hand. And he would kill an Egyptian for protecting the Israelites. He knew every flaw. He knew everything about him. And God knows everything about us as well. He knows every flaw that we have, every failure, everything that we've done. He knows all the what-ifs, all the doubts that we have in our lives. But he also knows that he's a God who's faithful. He's a God who never fails. He's a God that provides. He's a God who enriches. He's a God who sustains. He's a God who's a lifter of your head when you're down. He's a God who will be with you every step of the way. I believe that a good staff will always help us overcome the what ifs. What if? What if? You know, I, I come in on, on Tuesday morning sometimes saying, what if? What if? And I've got a staff member that comes and says, we got it taken care of. I got the Teresa Elbabors who'll be leaving us, but we're going to embrace her until the last day. I says, Pastor, I've taken care of this. I've got this. I've it's amazing that as I'm driving to work, I'm thinking, what if? And Teresa's already done that. Or the Janets. That I'm thinking, oh, man, I've got to take care of this. And Janet says, I've got that taken care of. The Davids that take care of so many things. I mean, we, we, do, we had a, a funeral. We ministered to over 100 people. Uh, yesterday, and, and David uh, Wilson, who's our campus activities director, you would not believe how he takes care of every detail. Even to the point of having a mint on every chair where the family is and, 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 uh, and a Kleenex because he cares. What if? You know, God has a way of just taking care of his people. You see, Moses would, would come to realize that the what ifs would be answered by, I got a staff for you. I have a staff. In fact, King David realized that when he wrote Psalm 23. He said, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid. For you are close beside me. And your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, figuratively, figuratively speaking, this is not Janet. This is not Steve. This is not 
David or any other staff member. But figuratively, figuratively speaking, symbolically, they're used as a tool of God to help comfort us in our most difficult times. And the things that we go through and the struggles, the decisions that we make. You know, a God-honoring staff is all in when others might be saying the giants are too big in the land. The elders that we have, they're all in when others might be saying, oh, the giants are too big. When we, we say, we're going we're gonna to put another church, we're going we're gonna to put a multi-site, and they're going to say, oh, there's giants over there. The staff are the Caleb's and the Joshua's that come back and they say, there's giants over there, but the God that we have is a giant slayer. There's a devil over there, but let me tell you, that snake, we're going to pick it up by his hand, just like Jesus did, and God's going to overcome. The second reason that we uh, invest into a staff is a staff in God's hand turns the ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord said to Moses, he said, what's in your hand? And Moses said, I have a staff. Now, Moses knew that this staff was important to him. He used to go and, and, and he would shepherd. And, and when he was walking up the mountain, those, have you ever walked up a mountain? And have you noticed that in the, in, the, in the wilderness that there's rocks, there's crevices. And when you're walking, it helps you with stability. It helps you if there's something that comes in your way. It helps you with the lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. He knew what he had in his hand. But he never grasped how extraordinary that staff would be in God's hand. God would turn that ordinary staff that was very necessary for Moses into an extraordinary staff that would actually be powerful for everyone involved. God uses anyone or anything to show his power and he will do this in the church to make his church thrive and not just survive. Are you with me? God never called the church to just survive. God called the church to thrive. A church staff, which is assembled by God, has the potential to do great things. Amen? Jesus said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. And can I tell you, as we pray for the harvest, God will always provide. But it's our Christian duty to discern when he's providing a staff and and not miss what we have in our hands. What do you have in your hands? What do you have here on this campus? He's saying recognize what you have and then implement them and put them where they need to be to bring glory to my name. Moses, what do you have in your hand? Living Word Chapel, what do you have in your hands? 
Why do we bring some staff on and, 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 uh, and why do we pay some staff? Why do we do it? Common sense. People have to be paid to survive. Amen. You got to eat. I know sometimes in the church we don't want to, oh, are you in it for the money? Have you looked at the salaries of most people in church? Can I tell you, Living Word Chapel is amazing. The blessing that we have here because we're, we're investing into the kingdom. But can I tell you, it's common sense. And let me, let me, let me just, I was, I was putting this together and I was thinking there's two, two vocations, two vocations that we miss it in society. And they're probably two of the most important because they, they, they pour into the lives of people more than any, any other vocation. Education and the church. Our teachers have our kids for 12 years of their lives. And they're grooming them in this education system. They're grooming them to become better citizens. They're, they're supposed to be grooming them to become more knowledgeable, to actually get a vocation, to get a job. In fact, when I was in high school, they had, a, they had an autos class. I had to get out of it because I knew I, wasn't, I was not going to be a mechanic. P.E., I was great at P.E., but the reality is that in, in every class, they're, they're shaping us. English, they're pouring some grammar. They're, 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 they're helping you become more knowledgeable and, and help our society to become a better society. And the last time I looked, teachers, and I'm not here advocating and, and, and fighting for teachers. I'm speaking the truth. Teachers are on the bottom of the salary list when I think that's unfair and just not right. Just, just the simple reality, the simple truth that they have 30 of our children, most of them, in, our, in the classroom. Just that in itself. But more than that, they're pouring every day for them to get better and better and better. Let's pray for our education system. At Living Word Chapel, we, we, we strive to pour into our schools, to work together with our schools. And we're going to continue to do so because I think that that's one place that our society will be changed and shaped. The one place besides that, which is even greater than that, is the church. Because we we're not giving a temporary investment we are giving an eternal investment into the lives of people. We're talking about eternal life. Amen? A church staff that is appreciated, and I, and I really think at Living Word Chapel and, 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 and a lot of churches that thrive. I'm going to put us in a category, okay? I think at Living Word Chapel, we're a church that thrives. We don't survive. We thrive. We're seeing people get saved. We're seeing people get baptized. We're seeing the, 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 our media. Uh, we can see it sometimes, and sometimes we don't because I know it's going in and out.
We're investing in a staff. <laughs> the reality is, when we, when we pour into the lives of people, and we pour Jesus into the lives of people, there's an eternal transformation in their life. The Apostle Paul wrote this, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. There's a biblical uh, confirmation right there. As the church prioritizes and brings the people on as a staff that he is assembling, you'll see extraordinary things happen. Amen? I believe this with all my heart. You will, you will receive dividend from the things you invest in. If you invest into something, you're going you're gonna to reap reward from it, whatever it may be. If you invest into drinking a lot of alcohol, you're going to reap a reward of getting hung over the next day. If you reap into reading a book, you're going to get more knowledgeable. I think everyone in here should be reading. You should be reading the Word of God. Everyone in here, you should be reading the Bible or listening to the Bible. The Bible recognizes the importance of leadership. In Acts 13, it says, Now, in Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, there, there were prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod. And there was Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You see, God recognizes leadership. God sets them apart. God, now let me, let me just, we need to understand something. Paul and Barnabas, when they went on their missionary journeys, were they supported? Go to Philippians chapter 4 and you'll get the answer. Yes. God was always providing for them to go somewhere. God is always providing. God is always providing for his people to do his work. When we go to Guatemala, when we go to, to Mexico, we had a, a, some missionaries went to Mexico. When we go to, to yesterday we had uh, youth, over 30 youth that went and took blankets all over the tri-community. When we go, God provides. God, you know, they, they went, but there was fuel that was put in the vehicle so that they could go. There was a van that took them where they were going. God provides a staff. Great churches embrace, embrace God's ability to make their staffs the best they can be to make a difference in their world. Great churches invest into letting God allow them to be generous to make their church the best it can be. There are churches all around us, all around the world, and some are thriving and some are barely surviving. God wants us to thrive. Great companies. Do you think Apple invests into the best people they can have? The best schools that you, the best schools in America, do you think they invest in the greatest educators they could find? Do you think they do? There's a, there's a school uh, on the north side of town, and... Uh, um, it's called, um, I, I remembered it at first service, Basis. Basis is one of the top schools of the nation. 
You think they invest into getting the best educators? Let me tell you something. God will invest the best and he'll use the staff. Now, let me tell you something. Not the most qualified. He'll qualify those he calls, but those that have a passion to submit to whatever he has for us. Moses found out that a ordinary shepherd's staff, when used for God's purposes, can turn out to be an extraordinary staff. Number three, a staff in God's hand provides a miraculous. God told Moses, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. And, and, and I love this, Moses, jump back. Jump back. So Moses reached out and he grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. But I want you to notice how God used the staff to reveal his power. Moses knew God's power was manifested through his staff. And the staff had no power in itself. The staff was just a, a tool of God. Now, let's think about it in, in symbolically. So the staff of God in ourselves, we have no power. But God, through his power, will show his miracles in us. God, in his power, shows there's, there's hope for those that, that had a hopeless life like myself 20 years ago. And he came and he miraculously touched me. And look at what he's made and he ain't done yet and every person in here every every staff member he he does miracles and god if god's doing he'll use a staff god can use a handkerchief god can use an apron the bible says that for for, for paul god was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out and the whole region of ephesus where he was ministering was forever changed because of the power of God, not the power of Paul, to the point that they were bringing their occult books, their expensive books of the occult and witchcraft, and they brought them to the city streets, and they had a bonfire, and they burned them, saying, the God of Israel is a true God. We trust Jesus Christ. I believe that God is still in the, working, in the miracle working business. And a church staff has the potential not only to witness, but to unleash the miracle power of God. A bulletin is more than a bulletin when it comes from the hand of God. A Facebook post is more than a Facebook post when it comes from the hand of God. Someone that sets up chairs, someone that leads a, a, a choir, someone that does whatever it may be, 
does more than they think because it's from the hand of God. The last point. A staff in God's hand will prompt people to believe. The Bible says that Moses put out his hand and he caught it. He caught the the snake. And it became a staff in his hand. And look at what it says right after that. It became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. You see, this, that ordinary staff that became an extraordinary staff, it was, the purpose was not just for it to become a snake. The purpose was for people to change their minds and have faith in a God who was alive and well. The staff that God is putting together, the leadership that God's putting together here at Living Word Chapel, and that every church around us, every church that is called by his name, the, 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 as God puts it together, God's as his hand, and we recognize his hand, he, the whole purpose is not for someone to be called a pastor, or someone to be called an elder, or someone to be called a staff. Or it's, it's, all of that is secondary. The most primary reason is so that people will believe. Jesus Christ. That staff would lead the Israelites. That staff would lead the Israelites to go from fear to faith. That staff would lead them to go from doubt to trust. That staff would lead Pharaoh to go from resistance to submission. Let your people go out and worship. I love the way that... um, that Lauren Cunningham said something, but before before I go to that... We invest our generosity into adding staff because a healthy church is always interested in multiplication. A healthy church is always wanting to reach more people for the kingdom. You know when you're walking in the, in the, in, in the purposes of God, when you're concerned about your neighbor if he's not saved. You're concerned, anyone in here concerned about a family member that does not have God in their life? Anyone's concerned saying, you need Jesus. It's your only hope. A healthy church is always interested in multiplication. Acts 2.47 says that the disciples, they were praising God and they were having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lauren Cunningham, who's a leader in global outreach, put it like this. He said, if something is alive, it's also going to be growing. 
Churches that are alive will always be growing. Churches that are alive will always be bringing people in. People will be saying, there's something happening. There, what happened to you? What, what happened? What peace do you have? What changes in your life? The Bible says, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. And again it says, the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples, say with me, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the, of the priests became obedient to the faith. And that's just telling us that the people that you least expect, the religious people that, that kind of have a wall up, that don't have the freedom in Christ, that those will even, their hearts will be melted and Jesus will bring them into the family. And then again it says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was built up, was being built up, and, and walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and it, say it with me, it multiplied. I believe this with all of my heart. Churches that are not multiplying, they're dying. For us to say that, you know, we're fine, we're right where we're at. We, we love our church. We love our small church. That's wonderful. God wants for you to grow because God wants you to bring your neighbors in. God wants you to bring your coworkers in. God, God is interested in numbers. In fact, he wrote a book called Numbers. God loves the people that are lost, and all of us were lost at one time. And by his grace, we came into the family and we join with our sister churches all around the world to bring people into the kingdom. A church that is adding staff is a church that is thriving with life. That means you're growing. That means that you, you, you need to minister. So who are we adding? You, you, need, you probably want to know this. Probably, well, pastor, okay, who are we adding? What are we doing? Well, we're, we, we've added a much-needed associate pastor, which is Mike West which I think is, he's going to help. He's already helped me incredibly. We're adding a, a youth pastor who will also oversee the directors of children's ministries, and she's been doing so much already, but we're going to give her a stipend, um, and, and she's, gonna, uh, she's four classes away from her minister certificate, and that's Shauna, Shauna Reese. So we're going to bring her on so she'll be on staff with us two days a week so she can see what's going on. And have her finger on the pulse. And we're adding a part-time office assistant who's a graduate from, from, from a Bible college with a degree in children's ministry. And her name is Emma Wilson. So God is, she's volunteered already. See, people have been volunteering. And we just say, recognize the staff that's in your hand. And we put them in place. And there's a lot more to come. But that's just this year. Strategically, we have brought people on. We're losing Teresa, and that's big shoes to fill. Those are big moccasins to fill, let me tell you. But God will always provide a staff. Because it's not about me. It's not about the one that was before me. It was the one that came to Calvary 
to save our souls for the glory of God. I'm going to close right now with, with um, an application, but I, I think it's something that's important for me to say. I said it first service, but I want to say it second service. We, Living Word Chapel is a qual- uh, uh, The eldership is amazing. The, the hearts of the people here is amazing. So we had Pastor Bob Cannon that led the church before I took the baton. And I think it's important for, for everyone to know that because of God's generosity and your generosity, Pastor Bob and Shirley are still being taken care of by the hand of God working through the church. God will always take care of his staff. Pastor, how do I apply this? Number one, you consider the importance of a staff in God's hand. God doesn't ever want you to just be irrational, just move out. Consider it. Reason it out in your mind. The second thing, you pray to God to lead you in investing your generosity into the staff that he's assembling. You say, hey, I love what's happening here. God, I love what you're doing. I'm going to invest as I pray. And then you step out in faith and you give cheerfully. You trust God for his great results. Because ultimately, the church is about bringing glory to God. Let's pray. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.